0: great singing today. I usually preach out of the New King James Version. Today, I'm going to preach out of the New International Version. The reason why is quite simple. As I looked and sought to make this more understandable, I wanted to to hear it from an understandable version in Hebrews, the sixth chapter. Hebrews, the sixth chapter. And really, I, I hope you'll uh, bear with me this morning. I want to also read a few verses. In the fifth chapter beginning in verse 13 excuse me let me go to verse 11 Hebrews 5 begin verse 11 would you pray with me before we proclaim the word of God God thy word is truly a lamp unto our feet And a light unto our path. And today, Lord, we commit the word, we commit ourselves to hear and proclaim it in the right way. to Bring glory unto you and you alone. For you are worthy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Paul, Paul, and you'll understand the reason I say Paul, because I believe he wrote... Book of Hebrews we have much to say about this but it's hard to explain because you are slow to learn in fact though by this time you ought to be teachers you need someone to teach you elementary truths of God's Word all over again you need milk not solid word or excuse me not solid food anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. And then in chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. Therefore we leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death, and of faith in God, instruction about baptisms and laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment, God permitting, we will do so. Today, we are aware that the days of revival are not finished. God has begun a work in us and we want to go on on to maturity, on to growing. We are continuing to be growing in the likeness of Jesus Christ. He is the one we are to be like. We are to be like Jesus Christ. Some this week received the new birth, and for that we glorify God. Some have received reviving of spirit and soul. We have made commitments to walk in the likeness of Christ. Brother Bill challenged us with God's Word to deal with some issues that we hadn't dealt with in a while. He uh, led us to see that we had become complacent. We needed to walk on. We needed to reach out. We needed to look at some things that we hadn't looked at in a while. So as we are aware of this, there are those of us here in different places this Sunday than we were last Sunday. I read about this testimony several years ago and related to it. A man was converted at the age of 12. He stood in his home church 17 years later at the age of 29. A tragedy had happened. He had had a real growth in his relationship with Jesus Christ. He realized he was born 17 years before that, but he had failed to grow. We're looking at this matter of growing today. On to maturity. What maturity? Who are we to be like? Who is our example? Many of us here know this, but you and I are all here today at different levels in our understanding and in our growth about Jesus Christ. We're aware this morning that... It is an awesome thing when we become a member of the family of God. That is an awesome thing. It is not a waste of our life. It is the beginning of life. So this scripture this morning gives us a great challenge. How do we go on? Where do we go on to? And what is it all about? God's people, we are urged to move forward not to stay where we've been. What is God's plan? What is God's purpose? What does He desire of that? We have even gone through that. These last year, as the people of God at First Baptist Church, we uh, went through a study, 40 days, as we walked through seeking to know God's place, God's will, how do I fit in, what am I supposed to be doing? God tells us in Ephesians 4. Would you turn there with me to Ephesians 4? We're having sword drill this morning, all right? Anybody remember sword drill or Bible drill? In my time it was sword drill and now it's Bible drill. But in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, I want us to look here at some very strong words from the Lord there in verse 11 and 13 through 13. Paul said it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for a work of service so that the body of Christ may be built up till we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God become mature Attending to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, that's another way of really saying God wants us to grow. He wants us to grow up. He doesn't bring us into the family and want us to stay as babies. We all know the tragedy of seeing children who are born and physically they do not grow up. Their bones do not mature. They cannot speak. They cannot stand. They cannot call. I want to say something at this point. We had a family in our church this week. They're not able to be here today. But they received word this week. It's 8 o'clock. That their baby is not going to walk. Their baby's knees are not strong enough. You know who I'm speaking about. We have got to, as the family of God, stand beside them. We've got to walk with them. We've got to get involved. We cannot just sit back and observe. And In days to come, we're going to have some ideas and some thoughts about how We can stand with this family. It's heartbreaking. and It it absolutely is sometimes more than we can take. We don't want to stay that way. It breaks our heart when we see this happen to children that we know. God says, I want all of us. He wants each of us personally, not just to escape hell. And not just to reach heaven. He wants us to grow into the fullness of Christ. Surely we know. Surely we understood. Surely we were made aware by the Holy Spirit in this week of revival. That God spoke to us very strongly. We cannot stay where we are. We're always to be growing. And we're always seeking to walk. In the likeness of Christ. So today I want us to look at three areas from this passage of Scripture in Hebrews chapter 5 and in Hebrews chapter 6. First of all, I want us to see that maturity requires great departure. Great departure. What are you talking about, Brother Jim? Great departure. Paul begins this passage. Listen to what he says. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on. What's he mean? What's the Bible talking about in this passage when it speaks to us about this matter? Before we reach maturity, we've got to deal with the ABCs of the faith. We have new believers in our midst It is our job to help them to grow in Christ. We're going to do that. We're going to have new members' classes. Some of them will be for individuals. Some of them will be in groups. But we're going to see of the uh, 10 to 12, and I will share with you and make you aware that of those 10 to 12, that four of those are people from other churches in our town. And we will be calling their pastors and we will be telling them of those who made a decision to receive Christ out of their fellowship. That is our responsibility. Then we have those who came and made decisions here and it is our responsibility to help them to grow from the ABCs to mature in Christ. We don't just leave them alone. We don't just have babies who are born And we just put them in a room, and we just say, you're on your own. They will die. They will not make it. And it is the responsibility of all of us as church members in ways that God leads us to help these people grow and mature in the faith. God says, you don't just start with foundational things. We heard foundational things last week. These were things that made us aware. These are things that some of them were the foundation. But we must have more. Just like leaves on a tree must grow, they have to be hooked up to the branches of the tree. The tree has to bring the sap up through the branches to the leaves, to the fruit, so that they can produce that kind of growth that God desires to see. In all of us. Now, the word leave does not mean to abandon or forsake. What it's saying is that sap has to come up into that tree and out to those branches and then to the leaves. And that's what we are about as the people of God. We can't expect everybody to be on the same level that we are spiritually. Every one of us in every row here today, and even in our families, we are at different areas of growing and maturity. And we must go on. We must... What are these foundational things that Paul is speaking to us about here? Let's look at them for a moment. There are six things there listed. He talks about repentance from dead works... My, oh, my, what in the world is Paul talking about? The Christian life begins with repentance from dead works. We have to realize there are people in the body of Christ here at First Baptist Church who have tried to come to God in many different ways. One of the popular ways in America today is to that we might... Become a Christian by doing good works. My friends, we do good works as a byproduct of being a Christian. We don't have enough good works. Jesus, the only one who had the perfect life, was died on the cross for our sins in our place. There was only one perfect man. There was only one who was good enough. And so we must realize that it's not by our good works. And I'll tell you what, in this world and in Haskell, Texas, where you and I live, there are a lot of people who are seeking to work their way into the kingdom of God. It is our responsibility to make it clear that when you become a Christian, then those good works begin to come. Then... We can produce like Christ, but only after accepting him and his work on Calvary's cross. we must come to realize that dead that works only bring death. They do not bring life. And they only bring life when we meet Jesus Christ personally. The second one is faith. This is just the best way I know to say it, what is faith. It's open-hearted trust in God. You say, well, everything's about God. Yes, it is. Everything in our Christian life is about God. It's about Jesus, His Son, who died for our sins. Our faith is in Him and what He did. You say, well, Brother Jim, this is so elementary to me. Well, then you just pack it in as teaching the truth and realize there are others here today that need to learn that truth and let's be patient with one another. Amen? Then there is the doctrine of baptism. What is baptism? Well, it's an outward sign that something has happened to us on the inside. We've had repentance and faith, We have repented of our sin, and we have put our faith in Jesus Christ. Having turned from our good works and our dead works, we turn to faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And we are baptized as an outward sign of what has happened to us on the inside. It is a witness to every person. This person has changed their way of life. They are no longer trusting in their own good works. They're not not trusting in being a member of a certain church. They're not doing this, doing that. They're putting their faith and trust and have put it in Jesus Christ. That is a witness to us. Then we're also aware, as we talk about and understand here in this passage, the laying on of hands. Now, wait a minute. What in the world are we talking about here? Lord laying on His hands. Folks, that has reference here in the passage to receiving the Holy Spirit. After we receive Jesus Christ, He comes into our life, and you and I are aware of that by the fact that something comes inside our soul, our heart, that part of us that belongs to God, and we have given our life and our soul to God and now Jesus is living in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit needs to be welcomed in this place. It is He who leads us in worship, it is He who puts joy in our heart. It is the Holy Spirit who changes us and matures us. The laying on of hands in the New Testament was often preceded by receiving the Holy Spirit. It is a sign that we have received the Holy Spirit to help us, to enable us to carry out the Word of God. You say, Well, Brother Jim, this is so elementary. I know all this. Well, good for you. But look around. Not everyone who is here today understands the working of the holy spirit the laying on of hands and what is the doctrine of baptism all about then he speaks of the resurrection of the dead that needs no explanation there's only one person who ever rose from the dead and the bible says and i was thankful yesterday as i did a graveside service here in our community that i was able to proclaim to them There is something more real than death. And that is eternal life through Jesus Christ. He resurrected. And because He did, when we put our faith in Him, we're going to come up out of that grave one day in the twinkling of an eye, and we're going to be resurrected from the dead. Woo! Excuse me, I believe I'll just have a Pentecostal moment. Man. Is that something? Do you, did you hear what I said? I don't make that happen. God makes it happen. And then he speaks about the judgment. What's he talking about here, the judgment? There will be a time when every one of us will stand before the Lord and give account of ourselves. It doesn't mean, as a Christian, that our sins are to be paid for again. Jesus has done that. But we'll be accountable to God for the time that He leaves us here after we meet Christ and until we go back unto the Lord. Think about this. We are to build our lives upon the Lord. Everything we do and everything we can do is because of the Lord God. So a careful look at these six foundational beliefs. These are the things that all new believers as they come into the family of God, they depart from trusting in themselves and they learn to trust in God. How many people sit in our churches and do not understand these fundamental things? That's the first thing Paul tells us here. The second thing he he says is maturity requires a firm determination. Now again we ask, What is he talking about? Paul is saying, as a believer in Christ, we have to have a high resolve. Some of us have missed that. The resolve that after we become a Christian, that with the help of the Holy Spirit, that we will carry out those things that God wants us to do. No one drifts into Christian maturity. Let me say that again. No one drifts into Christian maturity. But listen, you can drift into sin. Do you know the difference? We've all done it. We've all drifted. We've all fallen apart. The Bible says... In Hebrews 2:1, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we slip from them. Who of us here hasn't slipped from here? From those things we know, we slip from them. And Paul says the word slip means to drift. In the Greek, it literally means to drift. It's like being hooked up at the dock. And if you don't get hooked up at the dock, you're going to slip. You're going to fall away. The the rope's going to get undone. And holding on to the concrete, you're going to find yourself out drifting in the sea. And that happens to us as Christians. We drift back into the sins of yesterday. Yesterday, you can fall into sin. Paul says in Galatians 6, 1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also begin to drift. Now, in 1925... George Mueller, excuse me, George Mallory, because I know some of you will check me out. All you got to do is go to an encyclopedia, and you can check this out. George Mallory and a group of Englishmen determined they were going to go up Mount Everett. Mount Everett is the highest point in the earth. It is 29,028 feet. My, oh my, can you imagine being up that high? They started, they got up to 25,000 feet, and they made camp. But George Mallory and another man decided they would go on up to the top. Guess what happened? If you've studied history at all, you know, as they sought to be the first men to go up Mount Everett, that they slipped on the ice, and they fell to their death. Later, one of the men in the group was sharing with people in England this great event. He was talking about their trials, and he was talking about their hardships, how hard it was to go up Mount Everett. He turned to a large slide that he had upon the wall, and he said this, he said, Evert, we tried to conquer you once and you overcame us. We tried to conquer you a second time and you were too much for us. But Evert, we will conquer you for you can't grow, but we can. And they did. We can't grow unless we let the Lord give us the spirit to grow and give us the determination that we're going to stick to it. We have made decisions during these days of revival, and it's time we stick to it. It's time that we determine and we resolve because the days are past and you and I know that After three days, there was Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and here we are on the fourth day since revival, and we know we've already slipped. We've got to have the determination and the wherewithal and the strength of the Holy Spirit as we yield ourselves to Him each and every day. You don't learn to climb mountains in one day. You don't become a strong Christian, a mature Christian in one week. It takes time. We must determine with God's help that we are going to overcome. Thirdly, and by the way, last Maturity requires determination and dedication and destination. We have got to make up our mind that we're going, we're determined, we're going to do it this time. You look around this church and you'll see some silver hairs now some of us are trying to avoid that but you know there just comes a time in your life Wilburn. and you can't deny it anymore amen it's just there it's going to be there my friend as you look there you see people who have determined who have made up their mind that with God's help and their determination and they're committing themselves to God, they're going to overcome. Our life depends not upon us. It depends upon God's power. It makes us say to ourselves, I will determine with God's power that I'll be an overcomer. That this time, I will grow. I will mature. I will become what God wants me to be. The Apostle Paul prefaced his desire to visit Corinth one time by saying this in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 7. This is what he said. If the Lord permits... James warned about the very same thing in another passage... In James 4, verse 13, when he said, Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanishes away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord lives... And he wills, I will do this and I will do that. Well, I'm going to use you as an illustration, will you? She was playing basketball on Tuesday night. You weren't real happy. Had you taken any other shots during that game? She hadn't taken a single shot in the whole game. Now, I grant you, I understand also, because I'm on the injured reserve list, and you've been there, and it takes a while to get off of it, doesn't it, dear? But I want you to know, I believe it was with 2.6 seconds. She put up a three-point shot. Hadn't even taken a shot all night. We were two points behind. She put up a three-point shot. She made it. She got her picture on the front page of the Abilene paper, of the Haskell paper. Now you're the glory of the girl. 9 and one dear, without you. Mmm! How many times have you shot three points? You practiced it? You practiced it? You can't even have an idea how many shots she made. Where is your mother and dad? They're over there getting ready for dinner, aren't they? I want to telling everybody, huh? Man, she kept shooting and shooting and shooting those three points, and you missed more than you made, right? Everybody does. Even the NBA. But this time, because she was determined, that was your last district game. That was that willful bunch of girls from Oh. don't call us God wants to say to us, just as she was determined, I mean, what right did you have to put up the last shot? Well, the only right you had was because you looked at the clock. Somebody's got to do something. And I tell you, God wants you and I to be winners also. He wants us to look up to him and to say, God, somebody's got to do it determined that with your help I'm going to do it this time you can count on me thank you for a wonderful we won't ever forget it the year 2013 when you led your team to an undefeated district championship that is awesome there are other awesome things that God wants done in Haskell Texas He's dependent on you and I. He's dependent on you and I. You say I don't deserve it. I'll miss it if I'm not careful. But this time, she made it. Boy, is it <laughs> she suffered a lot. I mean, she had no right to be back out there again. I mean, you stopped playing one time this year, didn't you? You went back out there. You were determined. My team needs me. I want to say to you, God's dependent on you and I to show that same determination to make a difference. I don't know if you're here and you made a decision this week. I did not know even who was here every service. I could not tell. We've sought and will seek to get around to everyone that received Jesus Christ as their Savior and to help them to mature and grow in Christ. And this message is for all of us. This time, this time, let's make the winning shot. Let's make the difference. Let's step up. Let's step forward. Let's be the winner for Jesus Christ. Will you make that determination in your heart? You say, Brother Jim, I've made it. Then carry it out. And show God that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, we have some very important things to do today. But before we do them, we must offer the invitation. I don't know what God's leading you to do today. I am not the Holy Spirit. You know that. Maybe you weren't able to come to revival. Maybe there were some things that came up in your way. But today you've heard the call and you want to be that one who's determined and dedicated and set yourself apart say, God, with your help and with your strength maybe there are those here today who need a church home a place where they can mature in Christ a place where you can be assisted and loved your children taught and you yourself grow in Christ I don't know but God does know and he has spoken to you He has said to you, I want you to do that. Would you step out today? Would you be the courageous one? Would you lead the way to the altar? As we're standing now, and as Jason leads us in this hymn, would you step out and be that determined one for Jesus Christ?